Welcome to State Lines, where you get the best gambling and sports information in Illinois. Here are your hosts, Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. We welcome you into another edition of State Lines. Along with my co-host, Kevin Berger, my name is Jason Gotch. Week one of the NFL season in the books. As we look ahead to week number two from the gambler's perspective, we'll mix in some college football as well. I'm a happy man this week because I went two and one with my best bets. Also hit with Toledo plus the points and Northwestern on the under with the college football. And of course, I hate to say it. Well, actually, I don't hate to say it because I won the money. I had the Rams minus the points. That was an easy winner over the Chicago Bears back on Sunday night. Kev, uh, give us your thoughts on overall on week number one, how you analyze it. And also, let's talk a little bit about this Bears-Rams game because Bears fans hoping for something better in 2021. Obviously, offense, defense, uh, whatever angle you want to look at this, coaching. Uh, there was really not much to be encouraged about. Maybe the play of David Montgomery out of the running back position. Uh, but that's about it. Not a good opener for the Bears as they lose at the Rams 34-14. No, yeah, Jason, I, I would agree. Um, there was not a lot to be encouraged about. But honestly, Jason, if, you, if you're asking how I'm analyzing it, I actually didn't think that, the, that Andy Dalton was that bad. Um, was he great? Absolutely not. He was not fantastic. You know, he was 27 for 38, only threw uh, 206 yards. But... I mean, the Bears came out of the gate looking good, and then a deflected pass ends up in an interception, and that pretty much killed the Bears' offense the rest of the way. Um, they had no answers for anything that the Rams were trying to do um, on both sides of the ball, and that is not even coming down to talent at this point because I, the, the Bears have talent. Let's not mistake this, Jason. The Bears have talent on the offensive side of the football. They have David Montgomery. They have Justin Fields. They have a Olympic Olympic caliber sprinter Marquise Goodwin. We know how good Darnell Mooney is. We know how good um, Allen Robinson is. But honestly, it's coming down to coaching at this point. Matt Nagy and his staff got flat out outcoached in this game. And don't mistake uh, me ranting on the offense either. This defense was arguably even worse than the offense, in my opinion, Jason, because the the Bears just 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 didn't tackle anybody. They just could not tackle anybody. There was next to no pass rush. Um, and when there was a pass rush, the receivers were wide open downfield. So um, if I'm going to be irritated at anybody the most, it's going to be Matt Nagy and his coaching staff, and it's going to be the defense for their flat-out inability to tackle anyone. Yeah, you know what, Kev? I, I don't like to just jump in and pretty much agree with what my co-host says just because I, I know that's not the most interesting radio in the world, but I, I pretty much second everything you said, and I'm glad you brought the Andy Dalton part because he was fine. Andy Dalton was fine in this game. Look, a, a, a tip ball on the interception. Uh, they couldn't throw it on the field because they have no offensive line. They can't protect Andy Dalton. They can't protect Justin Fields. The offensive line's terrible. Jason Peters goes out to an injury. Not surprising when you take a 39-year-old away from his fishing hobby, seemingly retired, and try and put him at left tackle with only a few weeks' work uh, in the preseason. And, and then you look at the defense. Again, much bigger problem than the offense. Missed tackle after missed tackle after missed tackle. The secondary breakdowns on big plays. Stafford throws for over 300. Uh, two touchdown passes by Stafford for over 50 yards. Yeah, the defense right now is a bigger concern for me than the Bears offense and Andy Dalton. So leading into my next question, Kevin, let's look at game number two for the Bears. It's the home opener at Soldier Field. Bears minus two and a half against the Bengals. 
who are plus 135 in the game. The Bears are minus 155. The total's 45. Noon kickoff at Soldier Field by the lakefront. Uh, break this one down for you. Uh, how do you see it playing out? Um, well, Jason, from a football fan's perspective, the, the bottom line is, Jason, there has to be a sense of urgency. I know Matt and Cameron said there, there is no panic right now. Well, there should be because your team got embarrassed up and down that field and your coaching staff got even more embarrassed than your players did because Matt Nagy looks, looked like in that game, he couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. Um, so this team better come out and they better be ready to, to punch uh, Cincinnati in the mouth because if they don't, then Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and all those guys in Cincinnati, they are going to, and Joe Mixon are going to run the football and move the football up and down on this defense. And I'm sorry, when you're the Chicago Bears and you have all these all-pro guys on defense and you hang your hat on your defense and all the past three, four, five years, you're saying, oh, well, the offense just has to get better. The defense is going to be fine. Well, the defense isn't fine anymore. That's not going to happen anymore. So if your team doesn't come out and ready to punch Cincinnati in the mouth, they're going to get embarrassed two weeks in a row. Now, as far as the gambler's perspective, honestly, I would take um, I would take the Bears uh, minus two because at this point you don't have anything to lose. If they lose outright, then it's really of no surprise. But if they actually manage to win, then guess what? Then you then you get your money back. Although I will say though, um, from terms of odds perspective, Cincinnati plus one twenty five, especially with how the Bears looked in the in Week One, Jason, that actually is looking pretty good to me right about now in the money line plus one twenty five. Yeah, I'm going Bengals here. I'm going to go ahead and take them plus the two and a half. I, I have no reason right now to take the Chicago Bears. I think the Bengals are actually the better football team here. Again, the Bears cannot block and they cannot tackle. If you cannot block and you cannot tackle, you're not going to win a lot of football games. I don't care how much people want to talk about the quarterback position and talk about how they want Justin Fields on the field, fine. But if you can't block for him and your defenders don't tackle, you're not going to win. I think Joe Burrow and company come to Soldier Field. And I think they got a good chance to win outright, but I'm going to take them plus the two and a half points. That's a lot of points when you're talking about two teams that are probably subpar this year. Give me the visitors with the points. I'm going on the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday against the Bears. Now, another NFL game here to look at in our first segment, Kevin. Let's get right to it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champs, they had that win in the Thursday night opening NFL kickoff game of the season over the Cowboys, the late field goal by Ryan Suckup, gets it done. They didn't cover that game, but they won it outright. This week, the Bucs are minus 12 for their home, or actually for their second home game uh, against the Falcons, second home game of the year, minus 760 on the money line. The Falcons come back plus 525. Total here is 52, 305 central kickoff. How do you see this one playing out? Well, Jason, honestly, from the gambler's perspective, I would actually really, I know they're not, it's not great odds, but I would take Tampa Bay minus 12. Um, and the reason being, I mean, Atlanta got absolutely embarrassed week one against Philly of all teams, which I don't think almost anybody saw that coming. Not even throwing shade against, against guys like Jalen Hurts on that Philadelphia offense. But I did not see Atlanta only being able to manage just to score six points in that game. So um, Tom Brady and company is going to have another week under their belt. Gronk looked good. Brady looked good. Antonio Brown looked good. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay minus one, minus uh, 12 on that one because uh, I don't see if Atlanta is half as bad as they were last week against Tampa Bay. I would not be surprised if Tampa Bay puts up 52 points all by themselves. All right. 
It's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus the 12 for Kevin Berger here on State Lines. Me, Jason Gotch, I'll take a chance. I'll go with the Falcons plus the 12. They're not very good, but this is another spot I think could be a little bit of a look-ahead game for the Buccaneers. 12 points, a lot of points to give up in the NFL. I'm saying the Falcons are not going to win this game, but they're going to keep it where they don't lose by 12 or more points. So give me the Atlanta Falcons plus the 12. Now, if you've been listening to our show state lines throughout our preseason programming, you know, we've got fun uh, prop bets. We like to throw at you. We call it our bet it or drink it bets. Meaning do you want to take a chance on a prop bet or do you want to put that money in your pocket? Don't bet it because you're going to want to go with your buddies to the bar to watch some of these games as the NFL season progresses, the college season progresses. And you don't want to be mooching money off your buddies. You want to be able to pay that bar tab. So you got to keep some money in your pocket. Don't want to, you know, put it all on the line when you're betting. That's never a good strategy. Plus you want some money for next week as well. When you look ahead at the card. So our first better to drink at profit program. Here we go. Kevin, Joe Burrow, the Bengals over under 279 and a half passing yards in the game at the Bears. Burrow over under that number of 279 or putting the money in your pocket? Um, You know what, Jason? I'm going to go with the over on uh, that one for Joe Burrow, mostly because, I mean, number one in, in today's NFL, most run-of-the-mill quarterbacks you can usually get up to around 300 yards passing anyway. But again, with how poor the Bears' defense looked in all aspects week one, um, I see no reason why they're going to be able to hold Joe Burrow to under 300 yards passing, so I'd take the over. All right, Kevin's on the over. I'm on the under for one big reason. I think Joe Mixon's one of the better, uh, maybe not better is the right word, but more underrated running backs in the NFL. So I think he's going to get some yards here against that Bears' defense, which is porous. And you look at the opening game of the season, Mixon ran for – 127 yards and a score against a pretty good Vikings defense. Burrow threw for 261 yards and two touchdowns, so he was good as well. But give me the under of 279 and a half passing yards for Burrow. I will bet that one. When we come back, our next segment for State Lines, week number two of the NFL season. Plenty of games to discuss, plus some bet it or drink it later on. A little bit of college football talk mixed in. We'll give our best bets of the week. All that and more on our program right after this. Don't go anywhere. More sports betting talk right after this on State Lines. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the Internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services, including Lifeline, are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. And now back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. 
Great to have you with us. Week number two of State Lines. He is Kevin Berger. My name is Jason Gotch. We give you the best gambling information and also the best sports information out there. This time of year, we focus on the football all around the country. Lots of NFL talk, little college talk mixed in later on. But Kevin, let's get right to some more games because this is a full slate for week number two of the National Football League. I know the listeners want to know what we have to say about these particular games, especially from the gambler's perspective. So let's get right to it. How about that Saints-Packers game back to kick off the season in the neutral site in Jacksonville? Jameis Winston was outstanding. Packers lose 38-3. to That was one of my best bets of the week, the Saints getting points in that game. So that cash, you knew it probably pretty early when you were watching that game, late game on Fox last week. But the Packers are back at it this week. Minus 11, minus 575, hosting the Motor City Kitties, the Detroit Lions, who come back plus 410. Detroit fell down big to Frisco at home in week one. They rallied but still lost that game. The total's 58. This is the Monday night game this week. It's 7-15 Central kickoff. Lions getting a lot of points here, Kevin, but then again, they're the Lions. Take a look at this one for us. Well, Jason, I'll be be honest. I did not expect the Packers to look that bad. Um, I was not really surprised with how Jameis Winston performed. Jason, real quick, just because I think for now, now he had for the first time in Jameis Winston's career, he has a coach who actually genuinely believes he can be an NFL quarterback. Um, with that being said, moving on to um, the Packers Lions, um, I do not think Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing that. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to uh, play that bad two weeks in a row. So, um, as weird as it's going to be, um, I would definitely take the Packers, I mean, to win the game. I'm, I'm Honestly, in terms of betting-wise, I really don't want to – I'm probably going to avoid this one just because, I mean, odds either way, unless you really think the Lions are going to be able to pull out that upset at home, um, if you call it an upset with them being at home, I really don't see this game being that attractive just because, for me, the odds don't really look all that good. Yeah, I'm not high in this game either, but if I have to bet it, I am going to take the Packers as well. Look, the Lions are not good. They're on the road. And Green Bay, you know they want to beat somebody up pretty bad after getting literally embarrassed by the Saints in a neutral site game in Jacksonville. That game wasn't even in the Superdome. They were playing that game in a neutral site in Jacksonville, Florida, and the Packers lose the opener 38-3. to That's the worst Packers loss. Maybe I can remember in the Aaron Rodgers era when you think about that. I mean, they were just totally manhandled that entire game. So, yeah, I think they get revenge here. I, I would go with the Packers minus the 11. But, again, that's a big number, probably a stay away from this game. How about the Chargers minus 3, minus 165, hosting the Cowboys? This is a late kickoff central time, 325 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. Cowboys return plus 145 on the money line. Justin Herbert and the Chargers one in D.C. against the Washington football team last week. Cowboys played it close, but again, lost to the defending Super Bowl champs back on the Thursday night kickoff NFL game to start the year. Kevin, take a look at these two teams and give us your analysis. Well, um, Jason, I will give credit where credit is due. The Cowboys looked very, very good, but they did have those couple of turnovers, you know, that really, and a couple bad plays that really did them in. Um, with that being said, uh, looking at this one, I'm actually going to be taking the char- – I think I'm inclined to take the Chargers in this one at minus three and a half. Um, They are plus 100 on the minus three and a half. And not only because I think that their offense is going to be able to compete back and forth against an offense like the Cowboys, but I think that Joey Bosa is going to be able to have a huge game against that Dallas offensive line because their offensive line is still a little bit banged up on the on those start on that starting front. 
And you know the Chargers are going to have to be super psyched and super hyped up because this is their this is their home opener in SoFi. It's the first time they're going to be playing in SoFi Stadium where they're going to be allowed to have a crowd there. So I think they're going to come out, then they're going to punch Dallas in the mouth. So I'm looking at L.A. Um, minus three and a half with plus 100 on the return. All right, there you go. It is locked in for Kevin Berger. He is looking at the L.A. Chargers against the Cowboys, taking the L.A. Chargers. I'm actually going to go away from the sides here. I don't do it very often, but I'm going to go over. I could see Herbert and also Dak Prescott going back and forth in this game, and I could see this one going over 55 and a half points. So I like the over in the Chargers and the Cowboys. The Patriots, you know, they didn't expect to lose at home to Tua and the Dolphins in week number one. Now they go on the road, another AFC East game, Kevin. They are minus six, minus 280 at the Jets, who come back plus 225. Jets lost to the Panthers in week number one. The total in the game is 42 and a half. Noon kickoff central time in New Jersey for this one at MetLife Stadium. Uh, you like the Jets here? Are you thinking Patriots or maybe even looking at the total? I don't uh Yeah, Jason, I think I'm going to be sticking more towards the total because, I mean, six points, that that's a lot. Both, I mean, even regardless of whether the Jets are at home or not, six points, that's a lot. So I'm kind of going to be staying away from uh, the money line or from the spread there. I'm actually probably looking at the under 42 and a half just because, I mean, Zach Wilson, I think he's definitely going to have a lot of growing pains, but I, I like Zach Wilson. I like Zach Wilson as a quarterback, but I just don't think that he's – I think he's going to have some difficulty against this Patriots defense. And Mac Jones, same thing. He's going to have to grow into this position, and he's going to have some growing pains. So, excuse me, I will take uh, the under 42 and a half. All right, I'm going to go Patriots here. Look, there's a reason the Jets draft in, like, the top seven every year, a lot of times the top three, because <laughs> historically they're a terrible franchise. And at home this scares me. I don't like big road favorites in the NFL, but I just think the Patriots are going to be looking again to make a statement after the way they lost to Miami at home last week. Plus, Mac Jones looked pretty good in that game, and the Jets are bad. Look, Zach Wilson may be the guy for the future for them, but they're depleted on both sides of the ball. So give me the Patriots here. I'll take a minus the six. A little scary again, road favorite, that big of a road favorite. But I'm going to take my chance, roll the dice with the New England Patriots. The Saints, minus three and a half, minus 195. Jameis Winston was great week number one against the Green Bay Packers in that neutral site game in Jacksonville. Again, Winston put up a lot of numbers in Tampa. But as Kevin said, really never had the coaching. And also, turnovers really hurt him in his career, his first stop. If they can cut down the turnovers, he can be an elite quarterback in this league. We'll see how it plays out this year. But the Saints are minus 3.5, minus 195 at the Panthers on a Sunday. Total is plus one six, or total is 44. Panthers return on the money line, plus 165. How do you like this one from the better's perspective, Kevin? I honestly really like New Orleans at minus three and a half on the spread. I know minus 105, it's not great. But again, like I said, I think Jameis Winston is going to have a renaissance in his career in New Orleans because he has a coach in Sean Payton who actually believes in him. And I know people that, yes, the past numbers speak for themselves. He has not been very good. He is the only quarterback ever to throw 30 touchdowns and 30 picks in ones in the same season. But having your, but having that mentality that someone believes in you is going to be, I think, is going to make all the difference for a guy like him. So give me New Orleans minus three and a half, minus 105, because I think they are going to be able to pull this one out. And I think they are going to be able to go into Carolina and take this uh, game away from the Panthers. 
All right, Kevin on the Saints, minus three and a half. I'm on the other side of this one. I looked hard at the total of 44 to go under because these are two pretty good defensive teams, but I'm going to go Panthers here. I see this as a classic letdown spot for the Saints. Again, statement victory in week number one against the Packers in a neutral site in Jacksonville. I I think the Panthers are an underrated team because of their defense, so I'm not going to take it on the money line. I'm going to take the Panthers plus the three and a half against New Orleans noon kickoff central time on Sunday. Couple of better drinkets for us here this segment, Kevin. How about this one? Let's stick with that Saints Panthers game. Jameis Winston over under 243 and a half passing yards versus the Panthers. You want to bet that one, or are you going to go ahead and keep that money for the beer money fund? Um, Jason, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take, uh, I'll take the over on that one, um, mostly because of how great the Saints are at getting yards after the catch, whether it's Guys like Michael Thomas can turn a five-yard slant into a 25-yard gain or just being able to set up a lot of good route route trees and route combinations or even in the Saints' exceptional ability to get Alvin Kamara the football in the screen game and let him go to work behind that offensive line. So I'll take the over on, uh, on that one. I am going to go under sticking with my theme of the Panthers have a pretty good defense, and I think Carolina is going to pull – at least a, a point spread upset, if not win the game on Sunday. So I'm going to go under 243 and a half passing yards for Jameis Winston again the, against the Panthers, and I will bet this one. More better to drink it coming up, but when we return to start our next segment, we will have more games for you against the spread. We'll do that right after this on State Lines. We'll be right back on State Lines. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com lifeline if you have access to the internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. And now back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. Great to have you with us on State Lines as we approach week number two of the National Football League along with Kevin Berger, my co-host. My name is Jason Gotch. But before we get to more NFL talk, let's go in the college game once again with some of the local teams in action this week. Last week, I missed my pick on Illinois plus the points uh, at Virginia. That was a loss. But I did hit Toledo plus the points against Notre Dame. Also the Northwestern and Indiana State under as that one did go under the total so two and one for me Jason Gotch with the picks in the college game last week let's start it off this week Kevin by talking about a team I know you're a fan of away from 
being a gambler, you love the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I get yeah, I'm with Notre Dame as well. I enjoy that team as long as they're not playing my team where I went to school, Northwestern. <laughs> but Notre Dame is minus seven, minus 290. They're hosting Purdue this week. This is a game they play pretty much every year. Purdue's plus 230, total 58 and a half. Saturday, 1.30 kickoff in South Bend at uh, 1.30 kickoff Central Time. Uh, Kevin, from what we saw from the Irish the first couple of weeks, how do you see this one playing out? Oh, God. Um, well, Gambler's perspective, Jason, I'm going to – I would go ahead and I would take the under on this one just because I don't see these two teams being able to get almost 60 points in this game. Um, uh, last week, I, I I was almost having a heart attack, Jason, because, I mean, I, I told – I said this last week that this was going to be a trap game, and I would not be surprised if Toledo makes this close. And, of course, they did. I think I did take Toledo on the spread as well. So I think I actually won that one as well last week. I know Purdue, yeah, you said they're plus uh, – Purdue's plus eight, plus 250 to win. Um, those aren't bad, but I'm still going to go ahead and take the under on this one. And Notre Dame better come out and they're ready to, and be ready to play because after this week, they have to go to Wisconsin next week, Jason and take on the Wisconsin Badgers at Camp Randall, which, as you and I know, is one of the hardest places to play a college football game in the entire country. So Notre Dame better come out, and they better be ready to take care of business against Purdue. Yeah, and I think they're going. You know, I'm going to take the Irish minus seven. Some places are listed minus eight. I, I think they got their scare last week from Toledo and also week one from Florida State. But uh, Toledo's very underrated this year. You can argue that they're going to be the best team in the MAC. They'll get some competition there. So, yeah, that was not a good game for Notre Dame last week, but they played a team that's a better than your typical average MAC school. So I think Notre Dame's going to win this one. Look ahead a little bit scary. But I think they cover the seven. I'm not too impressed with Purdue this year. Give me the Irish minus seven. Illinois. Now, this is a Friday night game, 8 o'clock Central Time. Uh, later kickoff down there in Champaign at Memorial Stadium. Illinois is plus seven and a half, plus 240 against Mike Loxley. He's the coach of Maryland. They're minus 300. Uh, total 60 and a half. It's, again, a Friday, 8 o'clock kickoff Central Time. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? Well, Jason, now we're going to see exactly how good of a coach Brett Bielema and his staff are when it comes to calming down his team. Because as we know, they had a great win week one against Nebraska. Um, and then last week, yeah, last week they got beat pretty bad. So now we're going to have to see how they bounce back and try to take care of business against Maryland, which Maryland is not a bad team. They're not, they're not the best team in the Big Ten, but they are not bad. They always play the tough teams in the Big Ten tough. So it's going to be a good test for this U of I team. And I would actually kind of be looking at that at that plus 240 to win this game. I mean, those are really good odds if it hits, putting 50 bucks down to possibly win that game. So you know what? I will go ahead and I will take um, – I'm going to take Illinois outright to win this game, especially with them being at home. That's definitely That should definitely help them. Oh, Kevin Go with a nice big pick right here. Illinois plus 240. If that hits, that's going to earn him some extra beer money for the next few weeks. I'm on Illinois too, but I'm not going to be that courageous. I'm going to go plus seven and a half. Interesting fact from Maryland is the, the brother of Tua Tungavailoa is the quarterback for Maryland. Uh, Taluia Tagavailoa is their quarterback. And I read an interesting article about him. He's given up all social media prior to this season. He doesn't want any distractions. So Maryland... Uh, trying to stay focused with a, a named quarterback. But I, I think Illinois is going to cover this. I don't know if they win. Maybe they do. But I, I think Illinois plus the seven and a half home crowd. I don't know how big it'll be. Illinois had problems drawing in recent years. 
Uh, but Brett Bielma trying to encourage that program, you know, the fans to get back into it. So I'll take a little light plus the seven and a half. Uh, let's go to Northwestern. They had an unimpressive victory at home against Indiana State last week, a FCS school out of the Missouri Valley Football Conference. This week, Northwestern is a three-point favorite. They're minus 150 on the money line at Duke, who returns plus 125. Totals 49 and a half. This is a Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff central time. Are the Wildcats going to crawl their way to a win here? Will the Dukies have the last laugh? Um, Jason, honestly, I'm just looking at the under on this one. I don't see these teams getting 50 points. As I know, the Duke, they're a lot better at football now than they have been in the last several years. But they're still not all that great. And I'm sorry, Northwestern's offense is still not impressive at all to me. So... I'm going to go ahead and I will take the under in this one just because I think this is going to be a very low-scoring, very defensive-oriented football game. Makes a lot of sense. These are two bad teams. Uh, I look at this one and it's, it's almost a coin toss. I'm going to take Northwestern just because they had that game against Michigan State, and I think it makes them a little more battle-tested than Duke, who lost to Charlotte this year and beat NCANT so far. So give me the Cats. I don't feel good about it. If I if I really sat down and said you have to bet this game or no, I would, I would take a pass on it, but it's on our card. So uh, give me Northwestern minus three. All right, let's take a look at some more week two games in the National Football League here, Kev. Let's get right to it. Rams minus three and a half, minus 195 at the Colts on Sunday. Colts come back plus 165 on the money line. Totals 47, noon kickoff down in Indianapolis. Colts lost week one of the Seahawks. Rams, we know they beat the Bears. Give us your thoughts. Well, um, in this one, Jason, Colts, I think, look good at, my, at uh, the plus three and a half, mostly because they are at home. Actually, Carson Wentz actually didn't even look all that bad, to be honest, uh, in the Colts' first game. I know they, he didn't play spectacularly, but he actually looked a lot better than I wanted to give him credit for. But um, also, I'm looking at the over on 40 plus uh, over 48 and a half points. I mean, we saw how good the Rams offense was last week against the bears. Now, granted, I think the Colts have a lot better of a defense than the bears do, but between these two teams, I could definitely see them going over 48 and a half points. So I'm, if I had to bet this one, I'll probably take the over. All right. Kevin locked in on the over. I'm going to go Colts here. I, I, Carson Wentz didn't look bad against the pretty darn good Seahawks team. Rams in a letdown spot here after the big one over the Bears on the Sunday nighter. They got to travel to the Midwest from that West Coast. That's never a good thing for those West Coast teams, the early start. Give me the Colts to cover this one. I'll take them plus the three and a half. The Bills, what a disappointing game for them against the Steelers at home last week. Bills lost that one outright. Impressive victory for the Steelers. Bills, though, minus three and a half this week, minus 190 at the Dolphins, who returned plus 160. Uh, big game here in the AFC East early in the season. Buffalo certainly doesn't want to be two down to the Dolphins in the standings. Uh, two games in, again, the total 48 and a half. Noon kickoff, central time. Uh, give us your thoughts here, Kev, on this AFC East battle. Well, Jason, I'll I'll be honest. I'm actually... You know what? I'm actually going to take a chance, Jason, and I will go ahead and I will take the Dolphins plus three and a half. I think they looked very, very good in their first game of the season. And yeah, Buffalo, they they did not look very good. Um, I know that was probably partially due to the fact that it was Mike Tomlin coach team. He had his team out ready to play, but Tua looked very good. The Dolphins looked pretty good on both sides of the football. And uh, Buffalo, they costed themselves a lot with a lot of bad penalties and a lot of drop passes. So I'm going to go ahead and I will ride with the Dolphins on this one, the home team. 
All right, Kevin Berger here on State Lines, locked in with the Dolphins. I, Jason Gotch. I'm going to lay the three and a half. I'm going to go with the Bills. Steelers are, I think, sneaky good this season, so maybe that Bills loss to Pittsburgh won't look so bad as the season progresses, even though it was in Buffalo. Plus, the Dolphins coming off a huge win against their arch rivals, the Patriots, last week. They play the Bills twice a year, too, but that's not the same like playing New England and getting a win up in Foxborough, so I think a little bit of a letdown here. Give me the Bills minus the three and a half. Chiefs at the Ravens. Chiefs had that win. They squeaked by the Browns again, just like they did in the playoffs last year. So they're 1-0. And now they go to Baltimore. Another tough game. Minus 3.5 for Kansas City. Minus 200. Ravens return plus 170 on the money line. The Ravens had that crazy game in the Monday nighter where the, the Raiders looked like they had won it in overtime. And then they, the touchdown got taken off the board. Then the Raiders get it back and, and they win the game after the, the Ravens forced a key turnover. So tough loss for Baltimore, but they're going to try and get back on it this week. Total 54 and a half. Sunday, 720. This is the Sunday nighter, 720 Central Time kickoff. You on the Chiefs here? You like the Ravens to soar, Kevin? Oh, you know what, Jason? I'm going to have to take, uh, I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. And that's because, like you said, I mean, they're going to be very, very motivated to try to get, to get back in the win column. And because, again, they're at home. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think he looked very, very – I think he looked pretty good in their opening game of the season. So you know what? I'm not even going to be going on the spread. I'm going to take the Ravens outright plus the 170. So I expect them to come out, be highly motivated. And I think they might – I think they should be able to possibly squeak by Kansas City in this early season contest. All right, Kevin locked in with the Ravens, not even taking the points on the money like. You like the way Kevin really goes out there with some of these picks, really gutsy selections, and that that that's a sneaky one. If you think the Ravens are going to win at home uh, or cover the home, yeah, they got a great chance to win the game outright. But I, I'm on the Chiefs here because Lamar Jackson to me against good teams, he plays better against the bad teams, and Kansas City's really, really good. And you know what? The Browns are pretty darn good, too. That's why that game was so close last week. I don't love this pick at all. I'll tell you right now, I don't like laying that hook of three and a half. I much like this game more if the spread was minus three in favor of the Chiefs. But I, I'm not going with Lamar Jackson in a big game here. I'm going to go with Kansas City minus the three. Browns, this is a big spread here, Kev. Browns are minus 12 and a half. The total is 48. They are hosting the Texans, who come back plus 410 on the money line. Cleveland minus 575 on the money line. The total, again, as I said, is 48. Noon kickoff central time. Boy, how things have changed. This would have been a toilet bowl game, you know, a couple of years ago. But uh, both these teams surprisingly want to know because the Texans beat the Jaguars, but not much expected for the Texans this year while the Browns have playoff aspirations. Give us your thoughts on this one. Oh, God, Jason. I mean, that is, you said it, that is a huge line. Like, that. That. that's that's ginormous, almost to the point where it's ridiculous. Um, as much as I would love to say, oh, yeah, the plus 410 looks good on Houston, um, I really think that, oh, man. you know what? No, I'm going to take, um, I will take Cleveland minus the 12 and a half. Um, I think Houston is going to be able to play a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for. Granted, I don't think that this game's going to be close, but I do think Houston can keep it within two touchdowns. So I'm going to go ahead and I will take Cleveland minus 12 and a half. 
All right. Browns minus 12 and a half for Kevin Berger. I, Jason Gotch, second that. I don't like this one either. Texans, the only thing that scares me from the Texans angle is that Tyrod Taylor is actually an NFL quarterback. I mean, he, he's not great, but he can play okay at times. He's pretty good against the bad Jaguars last week. But I still got to go Browns here. Minus 12 and a half hosting the Texans. Let's do some better or drink it right now, Kevin. Let's get right into some prop bets for this segment. We've been doing this throughout the program. How about this one? Cairo Santos, Bears kicker, over under one and a half field goals made for the Bears against the Bengals. You bet in this one, or you're going to go ahead and keep that money in the beer fund? Oh, Jason, I'm leaving that alone. I'm keeping it in the beer fund because bold the people to assume that he's actually even going to get two chances to, to kick a field goal with how bad this with how bad this Bears offense is. I'm sure they're going to end up being this week, so I'm going to take uh, I'm going to keep the money in my beer fund. All right, Kevin, stocking up the beer money. I might have to you know skip a night or two at the bar, or a day or two at the bar watching these games because I'm going to take Cairo Santos over. Just I don't trust the Bears offense at all in the red zone. I could see them getting there against the Bengals and settling for some field goals. So I'll take Cairo Santos over one and a half field goals for the Bears against the Bengals. Let's stick with some more uh, Bears-Bengals props here if we can, Kev. Bears total touchdowns against the Bengals over under two and a half. You like this one to bet or more beer money? You know what, Jason? No, I am going to bet this. And I'm going to take the under two and a half because I don't see the Bears being able to score 21 points in this game because of their lack of an offensive line, uh, Matt Nagy's refusal to commit to running the football, and just his outright refusal to do the things that make sense. And the biggest thing I'm pointing to is the fact that do we have do, do we not mention the fact that he went for it on fourth down and what was it like fourth and six, fourth and seven on his own 40 yard line? In the first quarter? Are you kidding me? So, no, I'm going to take the Bears under two and a half touchdowns versus the Bengals. I am with you, Kev, on this one, too. I'm going to go under two and a half. Again, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy is not a good football coach. Kevin's been on it the whole show. He's right. He's not. He, he's an offensive guy who has never gotten the most out of his offense in his three-plus seasons in Chicago. That first year, things worked out, but they got a little bit lucky. And he, he's shown no ability to... to really tailor his offense to what his personnel is. So I'm going under two and a half touchdowns here for the Bears against the Bengals. David Montgomery, total rushing yards, Bears versus Bengals, over under 63 and a half, Kevin. Can Montgomery have another good game for the Bears? Yeah, can he? Yes. Will he? Who knows? I mean, it depends on how many times uh, Matt Nagy allows David Montgomery to run the football. But uh, Jason, I am going to go ahead and I will take the over on 63 and a half because I mean, David Montgomery looks like he's really come into his own, Jason. In the offseason, you could tell he's worked on his body. He looks a lot stronger, um, just like in his core and his legs and his arms. He looks a lot stronger. And that was showcased on Sunday with him not only breaking, ta- you know, just basic arm tackles, but they even made a point to talk about it on Sunday night. This man broke a tackle from Aaron Donald and, and, and uh, bullied his way into the end zone. That's a big dude he just broke a tackle from. So, yes, I will take the over on 63-and-a-half rushing yards for Mr. David Montgomery. I agree. I'm going to go over here, too. Run blocking is easier than pass blocking. So, at some point, hopefully, Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor and the, the Bears offensive staff realize this. And if they do, David Montgomery is going to get more carries. So, I think the Bears might be forced to do it just because they're not a good pass blocking team. Give me the over of 63-and-a-half for David Montgomery's total rushing yards. We come back. As we continue here on State Lines, 
Toilet Bowl game of the week. Preview some more games. Three best bets of the week for Kevin Berger and myself, Jason Gotch. We will do that all on State Lines right after this. You are listening to State Lines. We'll be right back. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. You are listening to State Lines. We return to Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. It is State Lines. Great to have you aboard as we look at week number two of the National Football League with Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotch. We do it each and every week, our Toilet Bowl Game of the Week. It's time to do it right now, and a little warning for you. This Toilet Bowl is not as good as Jaguars and Texans last week. That was a double, maybe a triple flusher. This one, in past years, it would have been the Texans playing the Browns, but the Browns are actually pretty good. So we're going to go with the Toilet Bowl Game of the Week this week as the Cardinals... Minus four and a half, minus 225, hosting the Vikings, plus 185. The total's 51. 305 Central Time kickoff down in Arizona. Now, full disclosure, the cards look really good against the Titans in week number one. Uh, The Vikings stumbled against the Bengals in overtime. But I don't see this game having a lot of interest for the casual NFL fans. So it's our toilet bowl. We don't know how the Cardinals are going to do long-term, and the Vikings don't look all that good. So, Kevin, toilet bowl game of the week. You got a pick in this one. Give it to us. Well, Jason, if I had to pick, if I had to pick something in this game, I'm going to go ahead and I will take the Cardinals minus four um, at minus 105. I mean, I know it's not, they're not fantastic odds, especially with the spread being at four points. But um, I do think that uh, um, that the Cardinals offense look good. Um, so, and, and again, the, the Vikings defense, they're another year older. And I know this sounds awful because I actually love him as a player, despite the fact he plays on a bat, uh, despite the fact he plays on the Vikings. But Jason, I'm just waiting for Dalvin Cook to have another serious injury that's going to keep him out for an extended period of time. It's not his fault, but it just that always just seems to happen with him. So I, I'm just holding my breath and waiting for that to happen. So let me uh, let me take the Cardinals at minus uh, minus four. All right, Kevin Berger on the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Vikings here, plus the four points. Uh, Minnesota, tough loss in overtime last week with the Cardinals, that great one over the Titans. I think this is a letdown spot for Arizona. And I also think the Vikings aren't that bad. Look, Kirk Cousins has a lot of critics, but in regular season games, he, he has shown signs that he can make a lot of plays. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Vikings, plus the four points against the Cardinals down in Arizona. Now, a couple more games for you. Better teams here in this one, at least we think. 
Steelers look great in week number one. They are minus five, plus 255 after that win at the Bills last week. Hosting the Raiders, home opener at Heinz Field. Raiders return plus 185 on the money line. The total is 51. Noon kickoff here, Kevin, Central Time in Pittsburgh. Catch up bottle, Heinz Field. Uh, give us your thoughts on this game. Well, Jason, I think this is going to fall into exactly what you said. A West Coast team having to go all the way to the Eastern Seaboard, having to go again, having to go into Pittsburgh. Heinz Field is a tough place to play. I mean, I think it's probably the only field in the league that may actually be worse to play on than Soldier Field in terms of a field service. Um, so I will go ahead and I'm looking at the Steelers at minus five and a half, minus one ten. Uh, Big Ben, he actually looked he looked pretty good. You know, he didn't look he didn't look overly flashy or anything like that, but he was but he's still able to make all the throws that he needs to make. The Steelers, I think they're going to be better from week one to week two, especially when it comes to running the football, since I don't think the Raiders' front seven is nearly as good as the Bills' front seven is. So give me the Steelers minus five and a half. All right. I am going to join Kevin and take the Steelers minus the points here. The Raiders aren't that good, folks. Look, that was a nice opening week win against the good Ravens team. Uh, a lot of momentum. That was the first ever game that had fans, I believe, for the Raiders in their new stadium since they moved to Las Vegas from Oakland prior to the 2020 campaign. But I'm not a big believer in Derek Carr. He still throws a lot of bad balls. Roethlisberger, when healthy, is still a good NFL quarterback. Steelers got a lot of offensive weapons as well. So give me Pittsburgh minus the five. Broncos minus six at the Jaguars this week. The total 45. Noon kickoff, uh, central time. We've already got questions for Urban Meyer that were asked on Wednesday of this week. Hey, you think about taking that USC job now that Clay Helton's gone? Uh, maybe pull a Bobby Petrino, leave late in the year like he left the Falcons uh, late in the season for uh, the Arkansas job over a decade ago. Urban Meyer says, no, absolutely not. It's not going to happen. It didn't go well for the Jaguars in week one. They lost at the Texans. Kind of an ugly loss for Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence was bad. Broncos look good against a bad Giants team last week on the road. Teddy Bridgewater, the starting quarterback for the Broncos this year. Give us your thoughts on this matchup, Kevin. Well, Jason, I mean, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, it's kind of like what I fear. I mean, yes, he did throw three touchdowns, but yeah, he also threw three picks. So uh, how good really was he? Again, I think he's going to be a product of the fact that he's not, he doesn't have a lot of weapons on his offense. So I don't think this Jacksonville offense is actually going to be all that threatening, despite Trevor Lawrence's talent because he doesn't have a lot of talent around him. With that being said, in terms of the game, I am looking at the under on this game, the minus 115, like I know over under 45 points. But even more so, I will go ahead and I will take uh, the Broncos minus six. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a very solid, serviceable NFL quarterback. I think he's a good fit for what Vic Fangio has going on on the Broncos. They have a very, very good, deep, talented defense, run the football, have Teddy Bridgewater push the ball down the field with some play-action passes. I think he's going to be able to take care of the football and take care of business against Jacksonville. Agree. Broncos were my underrated team coming into the NFL season. I'm more convinced of that as ever because of that good defense that Kevin mentioned. Plus, Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback for this team. Look, he's a smart quarterback. He's limited in what he can do physically, but he's, I think, good enough for this team where they can make some noise. Give me the Broncos minus the six at a bad Jaguar squad. It's that time of the show you've been waiting for. Best bets of the week here on State Lines. Kevin Berger and myself, Jason Gotch. Uh, last week, I was actually 2-1 and one with the best bets, so going back to the preseason, uh, 10 and three on my best bet so far on this year's campaign, looking to keep it rolling. But before I try and do that, I want to turn it over to you, Kev. Give me one of your three best bets for the week. 
Well, um, Jason, I oh, you know what? I am looking at the Philadelphia Eagles plus three and a half, uh, minus one fifteen. The over under for that game against the 49ers at, at noon is set at fifty points. But also, Jason, they actually are looking pretty good on the money line too, because if, if it hits that you're getting plus one fifty-five in return. So you know what? I think they're going to be riding high after their opening week when Jalen Hurts looked very, very good in their first game of the season. So I'm actually going to take Philadelphia over the 49ers outright at home this week for the plus 155. All right. Kevin Berger with the Eagles plus on the money line, plus the 155 against the 49ers in week two, his first best bet of the week. I am going to go ahead and give you the Buffalo Bills, minus three and a half at the Miami Dolphins. Talked about this game earlier in the show. I think it's a bounce back spot for a Bills team that needs a win after a bad loss at home to Pittsburgh last week. Steelers are good. That's a game, a Super Bowl aspiration team needs to win. I think it's a letdown spot for Miami. Give me the Bills, minus the three and a half. Kevin, go with pick number two. Um, so my pick number two, Jason, I, I wonder if this could be America's game of the week, to be honest, is um, we talked about this one earlier as well. Uh, Dallas versus the L.A. Chargers at SoFi. It's the Chargers first game they're going to be able to play at SoFi. That's going to have a crowd in it, at least for a regular season contest anyway. Um, I mean, the, I'm looking at the Chargers minus three and a half. It's plus 100. They're plus 100 on the return for minus three and a half points. I think Justin Herbert is going to have another very solid game. I think Joey Bosa and that defense is, is going to be able to give Dak Prescott some fits. And it's ultimately going to come down to Jason if the Cowboys are going to be are going to actually going to be willing to give Ezekiel Elliott the football. Because I believe I did research, was it last week, I think, that if Ezekiel Elliott gets the ball 20 over 20 times, then they win 71% of their games that he gets the ball 20 plus times in. So the numbers tell them to give him the football. And last week, I think he only got like 17, 18 touches. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Chargers plus 100 um, on the minus three and a half. All right. Kevin Berger locked in with the Chargers on the point spread again, plus 100 laying those points. I am going to go ahead with the Carolina Panthers plus the three and a half against the New Orleans Saints in Charlotte. Again, this one doesn't look like it makes much sense on the money line. Saints dominate the Packers in week one, 38-3. Panthers did get a win over a bad Jets team as Sam Darnold beat his former squad. But the Panthers defensively are better than people think. This is a letdown spot for the Saints after a huge statement victory. They got to go on the road and play a division rival. He knows going to be jacked up for this one. Give me the Panthers. I don't know if they win the game, but I love them plus three and a half. I'm going to take the Panthers as my second best bet of the week, plus the three and a half against the Saints. All right, final one for you, Kev, here in week number two. Let's make it a winner. All right, Jason. And my final one is also going to be, could also be the America's game of the week this week. Um, I'm looking at the the Tennessee Titans and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, this is going to be a this is going to be a huge bounce back game, I think, for the Titans. Excuse me. After you said that, yeah, they they kind of got beat for, they got beat up by the Cardinals, but I'm looking at the Seattle Seahawks. They're at home. Russell Wilson looked very good week one, as he usually does early on in the season. So I'm looking at Russell Wilson and the Seahawks minus the five um, points on the spread, minus one ten on the return. I know it's not fantastic. But uh, I'm not um, seeing the Seahawks lose at home. All right. Kevin is locked in for his third best bet of the week. I am going to go ahead with my third one as the Indianapolis Colts 
as the Colts plus 165 at home. But I'm going to stay away from that money line, though. I think they have a good shot to win this game against the visiting Rams. Noon kickoff down in Indy. I'm going to take the Colts plus three and a half in this game and say Carson Wentz gets his first victory in a Colts uniform, at least on the point spread, as they did not cover last week against Seattle. That'll do it for week two of State Lines. He is Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Enjoy the games, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, everyone. You've been listening to State Lines, a Franklin Media Group podcast. For more information, visit statelines.show. To start your own podcast, visit franklinmedia.group.